Previously on Al's Monster Stampede. We're gonna get packing up our recording equipment here. Oh, I heard something. What'd you hear? Like a skitter scatter. A skitter scatter? Pitter patter? <laughs> I heard that too. What was that? Do you hear that squeaking? Uh, that is a swarm of rats trying to get us. It's like a hundred or something. What should I do? Kiss them? No! We gotta go. Creeps, it's a monster stampede. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We are coming to you um, in an old, rusty basement where there is a lot of equipment in Frankenstein's monkey farm. Yeah, last time you heard from us, and oh boy, it was a long time ago. We were being chased by rats oh in God. the sewers. Oh, and we've just been hiding out for ages, but our equipment was broken. Oh, so we couldn't record any more monster stampedes for you. Luckily, like Al said, we're in this creepy old rusty basement. Lots of weird equipment. I was able to fix all of our equipment, all the wires that the rats chewed through. We got it. We got it all put together. Because we accidentally left our stuff there. Yeah, I had to go back for it. It was a mess. We had to we had to build you know uh, some improvised flamethrowers and yeah. chase the rats away. You know, I also had to chase these rats away. They were like chewing on the microphone pads. Oh, I know. They got them off for some reason. Yeah, they pulled our microphones apart. We had to order new pieces. Uh, Amazon yeah. couldn't find us because we're in a rusty old basement. You know, they sent uh, the UPS drivers. You know, to rusty old basement filled with equipment on Frankenstein's monkey farm. Took him like eight months. Yep, and we're back. We're back with another monster stampede. And listeners, if you are unfamiliar with Al's monster stampede, you can, of course, go back and listen to all of those back in the uh, animals that, of That was actually <laughs> pretty hard because it's hard because there's a lot of monsters and there's a lot of monsters on Frankenstein's monkey farm. Yeah, and and we're here to tell you all about them, right? Because, of course, Al's Monster Stampede is a format, a segment of our show in which Alistair, as a professor of monsterdom, provides you with the lectures you need to hear to identify and defend yourself against monsters, should you find yourself trapped inside a monster movie. Yep. Turns out Frankenstein's Monkey Farm, and I don't mean to alarm you, Alistair, but I think the Monkey Farm may just be a monster movie set. Yeah, because all of these is just one Frankenstein Monkey Farm, all with all these different buildings all over the place, where we all go and hide from the other monster, then get chased by a new monster. Yeah. But the monster that we're getting chased by is the monster that we talked about. Yeah, it's been that way every single time. And so, you know what? We decided this time, let's not even talk about a traditional monster. Let's talk about people. Because 
It seemed like if we were talking about zombies, we'd be chased by zombies. If we were talking about giants, we'd be chased by giants. Witches, we'd be chased by witches. Rats, we got chased by rats. So I was like, chill out, Al. On this monster stampede, let's take it a little easy. And fortunately, we had a really nice, peaceful suggestion of a human being type monster to discuss from one of our patrons. Chris Bieberstein said that, and he said, um, you might want to do mad scientists. And so that- yeah, exactly. And I can fight a mad scientist, I think. Right? I mean, yeah. I'm pretty muscly. You know, look at yeah. look at these guns. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also have a tiny squirt gun in my pocket right now. So. Uh, that may come in handy. Well, you know, if we if we get attacked by a mad scientist, you know what? I think we can handle ourselves. So I didn't I I did not make a tiny flamethrower. <laughs> so I can't do that. Well, that's good to know for future reference. So mad scientists, we're talking about mad scientists. And also, Alistair, while I'm thinking about it here, we should say thank you really quick to Drew Hallam, uh, who gave us a couple monster movie books recently that actually helped in the research for this episode, along with our stack of movies that we went through. So thanks, Drew. Thanks, man. Listeners, the professor is in. Alistair, how in the world would our listeners be able to recognize a mad scientist if they find themselves trapped in a movie and confronted by a mad scientist. Well, scientists can be mad scientists because scientists look like m- scientists, but sometimes they can be scientists, so they're hard to notice. But you can notice them when there's a little creep when you're a little creeped out. Okay. And there's a little weird stuff in their lab, but sometimes they're tricky because they might look like regular labs, right? Okay. So, oh, so there's definitely something creepy about them. I got that. Good, good. Well, okay. If I'm looking at a scientist, right, how, how am I going to know that, one, I'm looking at a scientist? Well, what do they look like? They look like normal human beings. Mad scientists do, too. So, both of them are humans and... They both work in labs. If you have a friend that went missing a long time ago, you haven't found him, and you went to a scientist lab where your friend just disappeared, it might be a mad scientist. Okay, so, like, look for missing persons posters and stuff like that. If, like, if it says missing person in this room. Oh, okay. In, in like, this building. So it's sort of like... You're saying maybe these scientists, they want to keep trophies of all the people that went missing in their lab. So maybe they keep the missing persons posters in their laboratory? No, they keep, they just, the people who realize they're missing, they put them all over the place. Uh Uh-huh. And they say, uh, missing people in this building. Well, okay. This is to say that perhaps others have realized that there's something wrong, right? So you're saying if there is a mad scientist, then there's a good chance other people will be creeped out by this person. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, so it just won't be you and you alone. There'll be other people who are maybe creeped out by this human being. But you sometimes can be alone in there. Oh, oh no. Sometimes, sometimes you can be alone. And the doctor is like your friend and you don't know 
what's happening, and there's like dolls of your friends and stuff like that. Oh, they might be a mad scientist. Okay. Or, or like you look in this random drawer, and there's like body parts or Whoa. something. Like, like they'll that. have a bin of body parts. Yeah, like okay. that stuff. Okay, so this is to assume you're in a place, and if you find a drawer full of body parts, I'm going to assume something's wrong there, no matter what, right? If I open a drawer, like if I walked into your bedroom and I found a drawer full of body parts, I'd be like, whoa, something is up in this bedroom, no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. But what's to say that you're a mad scientist and not just, I don't know, a serial killer? What what does a mad scientist look like? It has, of course, a scientist suit. A scientist suit, which consists of what? A scientist or a mad scientist. Okay, but what does a scientist suit look like? It's usually a white, um, it's usually all like a white jacket Mm -hmm. with just maybe his regular shirt that he's wearing in the middle and a tie. Okay, so like a suit and tie with what I think you're describing is a lab coat? Over it? Yeah. Like a white lab coat? Yeah, like a lab coat, basically. Okay. So if the person has a suit and tie or a shirt and tie with a lab coat and a drawer full of body parts or shrunken humans, maybe a mad scientist. But if you see that drawer and the mad scientist sees you in that looking at that drawer, you might just be just like that. Oh, no. Okay, so... Mad scientists are mad, so... Mad in what way? Like, angry? Not, like, angry, angry. Some are angry scientists. Some are just mad and go crazy. Ah, so crazy, like, mad. Mad crazy. Got it. Mad crazy, basically. Okay, so they could be angry mad, they could be crazy mad. Either way, they're mad scientists. Mm -hmm. And if they find you in their drawer full of body parts... In all likelihood, they're going to be mad, mad, like angry mad, and then go crazy mad. Or if you see in one of your play bins that there's like a tiny human part, one of your dad or your mom, if one of your uh, dad or mom is a scientist, they're definitely a mad scientist. Okay, well, but what if it's just like a part of an action figure, like the leg of your Captain America broke off or something? Yeah, that, it's kind of tricky when it's in your room. Okay. Or if you have like a really big Captain America toy, it it could be a baby leg or it could be just that toy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, because man. baby legs are kind of the size as action figures. Legs. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> you got a lot of experience with severed baby legs, do you? <laughs> no, but I know what they look like, so and they do look like action figure legs. Okay, they so well I mean you are the like professor them. of monsterdom. I'll take your word on it. Is this something that's been happening to you? Have you been finding weird body parts in your bedroom and assuming that they're us? No. But when I was playing, I thought I saw something that looked like a human body part. I don't know. Oh no. <laughs> it was like red and it had like juice coming off of it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like cranberry juice? No. Well, it did look like cranberry juice. <laughs> oh, I see. But um it was like long and sticky and stuff. Oh, gross. I didn't know what it was. It was probably veins and 
and uh, yeah, muscles. Yeah, I thought, and, I thought yeah. it was like a vein or something. I think your mom might be a mad scientist. No, she works at a school, so no. Oh, well, you don't think uh, scientists work at schools? Because <laughs> something tells me a lot of scientists probably do. Because a lot of regular scientists work at schools, right? Science they work at uni- Yeah, they work at but universities. doesn't work at a science school. What about me? You think I'm a mad scientist? No. But I work at a school <laughs> where there's science. That. I'm not talking about if there is science or there is not science. Oh, okay. It has to be a science school to have a mad scientist. Fair enough. I work in a film school. So I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the pass on this one. You know, I'll take the pass. I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue to believe that I am not a mad scientist dropping severed baby parts into your toy bins. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's say, let's go with your example, right? So you're in a scientist's lab, okay? And you find a bin full of body parts, or you find a drawer full of shrunken human beings or something like that in jars, okay? Let's say this has happened. And then the scientist catches you. Now, you you know how to recognize a mad scientist, right? Because you've got all of the signs. They're a scientist. They're a scientist. They're wearing the lab coat. They've got a tie. Uh, Their hair is out of control. They're clearly mad in every way. And they've got the body parts. So we recognize that this is a mad scientist. How do you defend yourself? Well, if you have any fake weapon in your pocket, like how I have a squirt gun in my pocket right now, um, you can just do that on the scientist and get away. So like a distraction, like a fake weapon. And it'll kind of freak them out. They'll be like, oh, no, it's a gun. And then you squirt them in the face and they were like, hey, that wasn't a real gun, but you're gone. Right. Like Looney Tunes style. Boom. Puff of smoke. You're you're gone. Yeah. OK. Yeah, like that. But let's say they then catch you again. Right. And now they know your fake weapon tricks. How do you stop a mad scientist? Um, before they catch you again, you have to tell people or like the police. What if the police don't believe you? Because, of course. In our research, we've found that oftentimes people aren't believed when they go to the police talking about mad scientists. Yeah. So what do you do then? You might have to do a risk and try to, like, spook them out. Like, oh. um, if I went back to our house and we got my fake sword, that would freak them out. So you, like, scare them into, like, confessing? Yeah, because at first you scared them again, so you might have to scare them again. But then what? What's going to happen? How's that going to stop them? You might have to, if you have some friends, if they believe you, you're going to go with friends and see if you can defeat him. And how would you defeat him? If it's one who destroys body parts, you might have to have actual weapons. Okay, so now we're in real weapon territory. Body. Well, or sure. If they're trying to turn things into other things. You d- maybe destroy what they're turning things into other things. Okay, so ooh, so now you're saying like if there's a mad scientist creating a monster, you may have to fight the monster before you can defeat the scientist. Or if the scientist is the monster, you might have to destroy the scientist. Oh man, is that so- is that something that we got to be concerned about? Yeah. Oh, no. So not just the things they create. The scientists will also do, like, science on themselves, like mad science on themselves. But they can only be crazy scientists if they do that to themselves. 
now we're in a weird territory because there's a good chance that if you're if you're faced with a mad scientist, you're also going to be faced with a monster that is either the creation of the mad scientist, in which case you've got the scientist and the monster, or it's the scientist as the monster. Or, um, for this episode, we brighted some stuff down. These are the monsterfy themselves. We have the fly, the Hulk, the Invisible Man, Doctor Jackal, Swamp Thing, and those. Some of them are mod scientists. Some of them are not. Okay. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. So some of them become monsters. Some of them become monstrosities. And then you got to face them like a Dr. Jekyll situation, right? Or they're invisible yeah, or the suddenly. Fly. Yeah, or the fly where you, you've suddenly got a person with a fly head coming or, after you. just like the Hulk, if someone makes themselves, if they get mad, they turn into this giant monster. Oh, yeah. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the same thing. Yeah. In the Hulk, too. Like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. There's a lot to think about here. So then you're in a situation where you don't just have to figure out, like how to defeat a regular person, you're also fighting a monster, too. Yeah. Or if you know, like, some kind of, like, martial arts or something. You can yeah, do sure. that on the, on the scientist. Yeah, kung fu them right in the head. Yeah. And then they'll actually get, like, scared scared of you. But they'll still come after you and see a way yeah. to show you. So I guess then what we could do for our listeners is to say, if you find yourself faced with a mad scientist who is turning into some kind of other monster or who has created other kinds of monsters, you could always then listen to our other episodes of Al's Monster Stampede for tips on those specific monsters, like rats, right? If they're a scientist who's controlling an army of rats... Our last monster stampede was on rats, killer rats. So, like, you could go listen to that one. And combined with Al's tips on how to fight a mad scientist in this one, with that, you should be able to stop this mad scientist. Or if the mad scientist is making a huge army of monsters, you send in the army. So they can destroy the army of monsters. You just have to find the proof, right? Just like the war. Yeah, okay. Um, Gotta start a uh, war against the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. And then they can destroy it. Then they're not, of course, gonna, of course they're not gonna kill the bad scientists. They're probably gonna put him in jail. That, I mean, that's where they belong, right? Yeah. So that is how all of those reasons otherwise, you might want to try if you get stuck in a movie. If those don't work, send in the army. Yeah, and last, if all else fails, get the army involved. Or or if they're just doing stuff and they're not creating monsters, send in the police. Okay, like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of an example of one that's not creating monsters. Well, could you give me an example of that? Well, like in my book. Um, what's his name? I forgot his name. Oh, the uh, Professor Shock guy? Yeah. Um, he doesn't turn people into monsters. He turns people into electronics, like video games and keyboards and oh, stuff. So we're also dealing, of course, with then mad scientists who are maybe creating robots. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's something like, you got to be concerned about, too. But, but usually, okay. If you go into a part of town where it says on the book, a part of town in any town where nobody goes, and you go there, knock on a random door. And, like, Mr. Shock comes out. 
You know he's Mr. Shock when he has like crazy hair and the cr- hair looks like a sun around so his face. So spiky hair all around his face. Okay. And his face looks like a sun. You run away. And he's probably wearing like a lab coat and a tie. He does not. Oh, no. Yeah, Professor Shock does not do that. Okay. He doesn't wear those. He is a go-crazy one. He's a crazy mad scientist? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Because he doesn't wear their lab coat. And he does tests on you and they're like, hey, he might not be a mad scientist. If you say, if you come in, he asked you, um, pick A, B, or C. If you pick A or B, you turn into a keyboard. If you pick C, you turn into a video game. Which one should I pick? You should just run away. Oh, so I shouldn't pick any of them? No. Oh, what if I wanted to be a keyboard? I would rather be a video game. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Because I love video games. (laughs) I know you do. So, anything else that our listeners should know about mad scientists? Well, I don't think... No, no. I think that will just say in the comments if you think there's other ways to be a mad scientist. Yeah, yeah, let us know, definitely. I mean, hit us up on social media, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Let us know if you have any other ideas to add to this. I think Al's had some really good ones here for us. I mean, he is, of course, the expert. So, you know, he's the he's the one to listen to. But, he, you know, there there are definitely some nuances we maybe don't hit in these short episodes that you might point to. So, just text us. (laughs) Just say it in the comments and... We'll record an episode called Other Things You Need to Know About Mad Scientists. Yeah, and we could incorporate that into, like, the next Monster Stampede or something if we have listener ideas. That'd be fun. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Now it is time for homework. If you don't remember what that is, it's where we recommend Mad Scientist monster movies. Yeah, for additional research, you know, because Al's recommendations here can only take you so far. But of course, if you watch more movies, you'll learn more about these monsters, specifically mad scientists. Now, Alistair's recommendations are, of course, ones that are pretty family friendly. Yeah. So Alistair recommends some stuff that just about anybody could view to help them identify Mad Scientists. The Fly. From 1958. Well, kind of the Hulk. He's basically a good mad scientist. Uh Uh-huh, the Hulk, yeah. That's a starter. The Invisible Man and Swamp Thing. Definitely. Frankenstein and Dr. Moreau and... All good recommendations there, definitely. And you can't go wrong with a lot of the Frankensteins, really. I mean, there are some, you know, probably stinker Frankenstein movies, but especially the Universal ones, those are really good for just about but anybody. Like, um, Young Frankenstein, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, too, definitely. Because it's so funny. It it's definitely like a is. funny version of Frankenstein. Which, of course, we did on the show um, yeah. back when Gene Wilder died. I don't remember what episode number that is. Go back and listen to our young Frankenstein. You'll see it's pretty funny. Or just watch the movie. Yeah, or or both. Watch the movie, then listen to our show. We'd appreciate it. Um, But of course, in Frankenstein, you don't just have Frankenstein as the mad scientist. In Bride of Frankenstein, you also get Dr. Pretorius, who's one of the maddest, craziest mad scientists that there is. 
Which I know you don't remember it, but uh, one day soon, especially when the new Blu-ray set comes out of all the Universal Monster movies, uh, Dr. Pretorius was really messed up. He's the one, remember, who helped uh, create the Bride of Frankenstein, and he had the, the like the little people in jars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah oh, well, and of course, then you left out one of your favorite mad scientist movies that we just watched today. Attack of the Puppet People. Yeah, Bert I. Gordon's Attack of the Puppet People from 1958. There's another good recommendation. Um, I also said, Bert I. Gordon makes big movies and tiny move- movies. Then Dad said, well, if you make somebody tiny, everything's big. Exactly. So then it made sense to me. Yeah, he's the one who did Empire of the Ants, uh, the Cyclops, yeah. uh, Food of the Gods, um, Village of the Giants he did. Um, the like giant man or something. Oh, the amazing colossal man. Yeah, there was was at, This is crazy, guys. These two, um, there was two. They were gonna get married, and they went to a drive-through. They were showing um the colossal man who <laughs> burnt the. What's in a, in yes, in yeah. Attack of the Puppet People, two of the characters went to see Amazing Colossal Man and that blew Alistair's mind. Yeah, and because, at, a, at a drive-in theater, not a drive-through theater, but yes. And both of the movie where you're watching and the other movie that they're watching yeah, are both Burt I. Gordon movies. Crazy, I know. Well, from my homework, so Al's given you a lot of stuff there, right? I mean, uh, Island of Dr. Moreau, of course. The Burt Lancaster one's yeah. fantastic. Isle of Lost Souls. Yeah. Really fantastic uh, Charles Lawton version of Dr. Moreau. I recommend that, too. That's out on Criterion Collection. So a lot of good ones there from Alistair. Hopefully you were keeping frantic notes. I've got just a few that I want to add. And, of course, when I do my homework for you on Al's Monster Stampede, I want them to be movies that are not kid-friendly ones, so some recommendations for the adults out there. And I've got just a few. I mean, to spin off of Al's, of course, The Fly, but the 1986 The Fly. I highly recommend that, David Cronenberg. Other Cronenberg movies that you should check out. He did a ton of Mad Scientist stuff, but Shivers from 1975, The Brood from 1979, also Scanners, right? A lot of great Cronenberg uh, Mad Scientist movies. Obviously, Reanimator from 1985. Check that out. I mean, that's, oh boy, just wonderful. It's a mad scientist movie, but a zombie movie too. Yeah, like the, I know about, my dad told me about it. A little bit about it. A little bit, but the scientist makes zombies. Yeah, exactly. So you never know what kind of mad scientist you're dealing with until you're there seeing what they're making. Also... Uh, one that I talked about on "quote unquote" guilty, which is "Runaway" from 1984. One oh, of my favorites. That's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, you I, did I watch watched, that. Yeah, because yeah, that is PG-13. It. Yeah. And then, um, for something a little different, a little older, check out "Shockwaves." Not, 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 not your traditional, I guess, mad scientist movie, but "Shockwaves" from 1977 is about um, an island that is patrolled by Nazi zombies. And, uh, yeah, it's one, it was the first zombie movie I remember ever seeing, on, which was on cable when I was a kid. But Shockwaves, yeah, check that out. They, when I looked at the case, and they kind of look like mummies, basically. They oh, on like the cover? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. I can see that. They mo- look like mummies, huh? Because there was like mummies. three mun- mummies because they, were, because they were on the front of the case. And then 
when you had that up, of course I looked at it. I know, you're always like, peeking. Shockwaves? Is that, is that like, I don't know, is that the, the dude who makes like shockwaves? <laughs> oh, sure. Or something, I didn't know what it meant. But now I do. Now you do. They're Nazi now zombies. You know. Nazi zombies. Well, there you go. Tons of homework. Get on it. Watch more monster movies always. Class dismissed. Ring, 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 ring. All right, everyone. Well, again, this was a patron-suggested episode. Thanks again, Chris Bieberstein. I want to also, while we're at it, thank the rest of our patrons here over at patreon.com slash wordsalad. Uh, our supporters uh, support not only the other shows on the network, but um, support us. And in supporting us, help us put money back for Al's college fund, um, which then gives me plenty of motivation to just keep on top of this thing and keep it coming. So it really does actually support the show in addition to supporting Al. So um, really quickly, thank you to our patrons Tony Vandenbush, Tyler Pistorius, Trevor Stefanik, Phil Forsyth, Gregory Parker, Christina Van Hoy, Jennifer Kohler, The Real Feels Podcast, Test Pattern, Chris Bieberstein, of course, uh, who gave us that suggestion for the Mad Scientists, Raymond Gardner, and The Magnar. Your support is hugely appreciated. If you want to join them in becoming a patron and getting access to exclusive content and helping us put money back for Al's College Fund, head over to... Patreon.com slash word salad. We really do appreciate it. And we've got a new episode of Cinemuck up there, which is a Patreon exclusive podcast that I host. And we've got some stuff coming from us here pretty soon to Patreon. So thank yeah. you. And if you want to connect with us on social media, follow us on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. Join the club, the cadaver cast critters and creeps club over on Facebook. Yes. Yeah, join the club. We're we're having a good time over there. And you can, on either of those, of course, suggest ways that you would defeat mad scientists. And we can put that out on our next Monster Stampede. And then if you want to send us a longer message of any kind, you can email us at cadavercast. That's one word at gmail.com, cadavercast at gmail.com. And you can further support the show by... Uh, rating and reviewing us on whatever you listen to us on if that is a possibility wherever you listen to us on itunes rating and reviewing us on places like that does help us get noticed but again hit us up on social media rate and review us help us out we really do appreciate it we're we're a little show recorded out of um a rusty old basement out on a monkey farm yep and so i guess that's about it huh we're gonna have to get this um wrapped up here and I suppose try to find a way to pry this door open. Yeah, what's going on, man? Hey, Dad, I just realized there were these random drawers. Oh, like in this in this dusty, yeah. rusty old room we're in? Yeah. What's in there? Oh, no. I peeked in his drawer and there was body parts and I just saw. Oh, you saw somebody come in? Yeah. Just now? Yeah, I thought I saw somebody move into the room here. Oh, he looks like a nice sort. He's got a tie on, a button-up shirt. Long white coat. But the back of his hair is crazy. Oh, sticking up like a sun? Yeah. What are you doing in my laboratory? I got my squirt gun. Squirt, 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 squirt. Okay, he's distracted by your squirt gun. Squirt, we gotta get out of here. Run. You've been listening to Al's Monster Stampede. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. Thanks. We gotta go. Squirt, squirt.
Wigavia. What are you doing in my lab?